This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. So I'm, uh, you know, I, I can't wait. I believe God wants to speak to us today. As we look at the Word of God, I, you know, the truth of the matter is that Jesus here in this famous sermon, sermon on the Mount is again speaking to us about prayer. Now, prayer, something we talk about here at the church. We, we love talking about praying. We pray. We like to pray. We prayed for you this morning before we began our service together today. Uh, the disciples knew much about prayer. They prayed all the time. It was part of their custom. They prayed, uh, you know, doing all sorts of things in their days. And yet, they still asked Jesus, because watching him was something when he prayed. And they said, Jesus, would you teach us how to pray? We want to pray like you pray. They prayed about everything. It was very cultural. So it wasn't like a new concept to them. And they said, please, teach us how to pray and we know that Jesus prayed because we read the scripture in Mark. We see Mark 135, Jesus would get away by himself and pray, the Bible says. In Luke 5, he got away often to desolate places to pray. We know in John 11, Jesus prayed publicly after Lazarus dies, but he doesn't normally pray aloud. But in this instance, he wants everybody to see what this is like, to experience prayer in a new way. Jesus He's about to go to experience the worst possible moment of his life, going to the cross and says, guys, can you just pray with me for a moment? And what do the guys do? Like, they, they fall asleep. Jesus is teaching us, showing us how to pray many times. He talks about it in parables, three different parables on prayer. He wants us to know what prayer is all about. He's always talking about prayer. There's something about prayer. And I want you to see this today because if Jesus, who's the sinless son of God, loves to pray and wants to teach us to pray, there must be something about that today. And then we go to the book of Acts and we read about prayer and the Holy Spirit falls uh, and they were praying and, and Peter is in, the, in jail and they prayed all night for him. And the Bible says, it says, when Paul and Silas were tied in jail together, Scripture says that they were doing two things. They weren't eating popcorn and playing video games. I know if you like popcorn and video games, it's not what they were doing. They were singing hymns and what? All right, you're catching on. Thank you. Praying. Yes, they were praying. So why is it then, if Jesus is talking about prayer so much, and we want to follow Christ, we want to serve him and do what he's asking us to do, why is it that we just don't? Pray. I think the struggle for us isn't unanswered prayer. I think for us it's unrequested prayer. We don't pray very often. Why do we pray so very little? I, I think if we get real about this today, prayer has been replaced in our culture with many things. But I think one of the things that's uh, been very prevalent in our culture is this. I think we just think. 
I think we think about things. We might say something like this, I'll keep you in prayer. I'm thinking about you. Hashtag thoughts and prayers. It's one of the biggest hashtags out there. Hashtag it or Google it or whatever you have to do. I don't know. But as we, you know, it's, it's, it's often what we do. We think more than we actually pray. Now, don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with saying, thinking about you and praying. I do it all the time, okay? But I also try to make sure that I'm praying when I say those things. So let's take a look at our text today because I love what Jesus does. He doesn't just think about prayer with a plan. Jesus is going to attach a prayer to what is referred to as the golden rule. You've heard about this. So let's take a look at Matthew 7, verses 7 to 12. Verse 7 says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now that seems pretty clear, doesn't it? Pretty straightforward. You, you could you see that people who believed in this would pray a lot. So Jesus, you know, he, he goes on as a good teacher would to, to tell them a story here because that's what good teachers do. And so verse 9 says, Which of you, if, you're asked, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Here's where Jesus connects the golden rule uh, to a life of prayer. Because it's, it's going to sustain sacrificial service to others is your prayer life. That's what's going to sustain you. So in everything, verse 12, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. So let's take a look at this today. And one of the ways that we begin to discover uh, and study scripture is to ask the question, if you're taking notes, write this down, why do we resist this truth? Why do we resist this truth today? Like, wh what's wrong with me that I can read this, I can read this scripture in Matthew 7, verse 7, and pray no more this week than I prayed last week? I think there's at least three reasons. There's probably more, but at least, you know, for a good, good sermon, you've got to have three points. Three reasons. Okay, I just uttered myself right there. Why don't we pray anymore, or why don't we pray at all? I think for each of us, either our prayer lives are one of two things. Either they're inconsistent, or they're non-existent. Now, I'm not looking for a show of hands right now, or amen, brother, because neither of those two examples are really great, are they? Why don't we pray? I think the first thing is this. I think we tell ourselves that, we just don't have the time. I don't have the time, Pastor Dave. I don't have time to pray. I got things to do. I'm a busy person. Look at me. I mean, look at me. I'm a very busy person. I have children. We have soccer. We have basketball. We have 
I don't know. We have all kinds of classes, music classes, uh, Hebrew training, whatever. Like, we have lots of things going on. My life is busy. So many things happening. And I get it. You're busy. I'm busy. We're all busy. Hey, welcome to the busy world of no prayer. Martin Luther, he said this years ago. And I love what he said. He said, I have so much to do that I have to spend the first three hours in prayer. I have so much to do. If I fail to spend two hours in prayer each morning, the devil gets the victory through the day. I have so much business. I cannot go without spending three hours daily in prayer. Now, I'm not saying before you do anything else, spend three hours a day in prayer. I'm not saying that that's wrong. It wouldn't be a good idea. It might be a really good idea. But we're busy people. You're busy. I'm busy. We're working a lot of hours. We're doing a lot of extra things. You got sports, you got music, you got all sorts of things. We're busy people. We're commuting, we're eating, we're, we're you know, trying to make ends meet, trying to do all the things. And the truth is, at, at still at the end of the day, we, we don't know where our time goes. Like, just talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that we have apps that tell us how much time we're spending on social media. I mean, if you were to do a forensic audit of your life and how much time you're spending on things, you'd be surprised. You got space in there for some time of prayer. You've got more room than you think you have, more wiggle room that you could, could shake a stick at. There's, there's space for it. And yet, there's something wrong with all of us. And I'm pointing the finger at myself here today. I'm not here to point the finger at you. Something wrong with us when we say we just don't have time for prayer, but we got all the time in the world for entertainment. All the time in the world for the things that we want. Is there an amen in the room? Well, there's a little bit of one. Second reason why we don't pray is we don't need anything. Right? I mean, come on. What in the world do we really need? Jesus asks, he says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you unbelievable promises that Jesus gives us and yet we think I don't really I mean if I think about it I don't really need anything I mean yes we pray for things don't we we pray for the health issues we have it's either the stomach the neck the back the leg the arm the ear the nose the throat nowadays it's like the mask. I don't know. Like, what are, we, what are we praying for? It's always body parts. And we should be praying for the body parts. We should be asking God for healing. But what does that tell us? It tells us that we only pray for, for um, when sickness and suffering come. And that's it. That's all we think we need. God, other than that, pray for my sciatica. Like, and we're good. I don't know if I have to pray for my cold because we have antibiotics for that. I'm not sure I have to pray for my daily bread because I have three freezers in my house and one of them is a deep freezer and I got everything I need from Costco. Did you know that not asking anything is a form of pride? 
And I know this because how many of you remember when your dad was lost in the car years ago? Or maybe you're a dad here and you're lost and you did not want to go to your GPS or ask for directions. All right, third reason why we don't pray is we just don't actually believe it makes any difference. I mean, what would your life look like if we believed this verse? I mean, prayer is kind of funny. You ever had these thoughts where, uh, like, I prayed for this thing and it happened, but it might not have happened anyway, so how do I really know it was God? Or how about I didn't pray and it happened, or I prayed and the opposite happened. Oh, my goodness, my head is hurting. We're all trying to figure it out. We're trying to figure out what prayer looks like. We're really not sure if prayer really works. But the conviction here is this, that if we ask God, he hears us and he responds to us. What I want to do with the rest of the time that we have here today is look at this ask, seek, and knock. And ask some questions together. So let's take a look at this. In verse 7, it says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find and knock and the door will be open. By the way, I want you to notice that this, this is a progressive prayer. Each builds on the first. You ask first, then you seek, and then it builds to the ask. Uh, and then it builds to the knock again. So, you know, how do we remember this? Well, it's this simple little acronym, A-S-K, ask, right? Ask, seek, knock. It's persistent. It's passionate. It's, it's, it's pursuing. It's fueled by the promises that God's given us. So as we're studying here, this portion of Scripture, a good question to ask is this. Why do I ask God things? Why do I even ask God for things? Like, doesn't God already know everything? Why do we have to pray? Doesn't he know what's in my heart? I mean, I read scripture. I look at scripture and Matthew 6, 7 says, you know, it says, don't keep praying or keep babbling because God already knows what you need. I don't understand that. So if I don't have to keep praying and asking, and he already knows what I need, so why am I asking? Why am I praying? Am I trying to convince God of something? Is he stubborn? Is he hard of hearing? Is he reluctant? Is he ignorant? I mean, they're all very good, legitimate questions. So then why would I even ask? Why we ask? We ask because God is highly relational. He's highly conversational. What is prayer? Prayer is simply this communion and this conversation that you're having with the Almighty, the Creator, the Savior of the universe who wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to me. He wants to have a conversation with you. You know, we, we know this, and we experience all this all the time, this with our friends and our family, because if we really know our, our, our family and our friends, we already know what they want. We already know what they are talking about. We know what they want or they're looking for, but, but we want them to say it. I want to hear you say it. Like, I, I know what you need, I know what you want, but I want to hear you say it. It's part of conversation. It's part of relationship. It's, it, it's part of the conversations. So, so part of why God wants us to pray, and I think this gets us out of why isn't God answering my prayers right away, is it's not about getting something from him. It's more about being with him. 
It's more about being with him. So prayer is this highly relational conversation that we have with God. Secondly, it's about partnering with God and what he's doing in the world. Which should be exciting that God allows us to be in relationship with the Almighty, the creator of the universe, the one who's, who's got the whole world in his hands. He's got everything, and he wants us to be a part of that. He wants us to be a part of transformation. He wants us to be a part of healing. Can you imagine? God wants you to be a part of that. He wants us to be a part of caring for those who are in need. God wants you to be a part of that. Now, as a dad, I have four kids, and I've realized that over the years, that anytime I invite my, my children to, to be a part of something, I've got to ask the question, is this going to be better for them, or is this going to be better for me to have them participate? Now, if I'm in a hurry, I'm looking to get the job done, I could miss an opportunity for my kids to be a part of what I'm doing. But when I pause and I realize that I get to be in relationship with my kids, I get to be part of the transformation, their growth, their, the memories that we share together, I get to do that. We both win. Now, if you know me at all, you'll know I, I love to cook. I, I think I like to cook because I like to eat. I don't know if I'm good at it. I just know I like to eat. And so, of course, I'm going to cook. I'm going to find a way to cook all the best things. And anyway, one of the, you know, oftentimes the kids will ask me, Dad, can I help you cook? I got to think about this for a second. You, you want to mess with the kitchen right now? This is my domain. A chef, his kingdom is the kitchen. You want to come into my kingdom? You're untrained. Like, Jess and I had, we were still going through counseling because she didn't hold a knife properly in my kitchen. Now, she did chop her hand off at one point, but it came back. It's all good. Not really. But so my kids will ask me, okay, uh, yeah, okay, I'll find a thing. Okay, so put a little bit, you know, we're making sauce. You know, I'm Italian, so we are always making sauce. So we make, got to make a sauce, you know what I'm saying? So we make the sauce, they put some pepper in, put some salt. Oh, too much, too much, what are you doing? Too much salt. Now we've got to reconfigure this thing, put more tomatoes in, figure a way. We've got to make the sauce, got to make it just right. We've got to figure out how to fix this. You know, chop the vegetables, whatever, add the flour, whatever you're going to do. Just, would you make sure you do this right? It takes patience. Oh, does it take patience for me? God is working in my heart. But there's this real sense of accomplishment and joy when we walk away and go, Oh, this tastes so good. And we both win. We all win. Like we get to enjoy the product of our working together and being part of something bigger than ourselves. And you know what? That's the exact same thing that God is doing with us in prayer. I can just imagine. Like, you know, God, I'm trying my best. And he's like, oh, man, here he goes again. Coming into my kingdom. That is not how God is. God wants to be in relationship with you. He wants to hear from you. He wants to make some sauce with you. That's weird. 
<laughs> but he wants, he wants to transform things with you. Are you hearing me today? Is there an amen in the room? So God wants us to pray so that we have a relationship with him. He doesn't just want us to pray because it's a thing you're supposed to do. You checked it off your list for the day. He doesn't just want you to pray because you feel like you have to, but he wants to spend time with you. He wants to be with us. He wants to do something with us. And then there's a couple of reasons why we, uh, we ask. One reason I think we, we ask is we ask so that we know what we want. Because if I were to put you on the spot this morning and, and ask you, what do you want from your relationship with God? Some of you may know, but others would go, I don't know, I just, I don't want to die. I, you know, I think it's the right thing to do. I just want to be in relationship with God. If I were to put any of you on the spot today and say, what do you want from your marriage? What do you want for your kids? What do you want for your family? What's the vision for your life? I mean, what you will realize is it's kind of a difficult place to be. You may or may not have the answer to this. And, and part of prayer and the reasons why I think we wander around in prayer, we go around in circles in our lives and really never seem to hit any destination, is that we just haven't taken enough time in prayer. Just haven't sought the Lord. We haven't see, looked for Him. You haven't taken any time to share your, your deepest, darkest desires with God. I, you know, I have some memories um, praying with my kids when they were so much smaller. I remember our first two little ones as we prayed with them, and they would go to bed, and I asked them, hey, you know, uh, what can I pray for? And they would always say, I want a new dolly. Or that new video game would be amazing. Or, you know, as, as life goes on, I hear different things that come out of their lips, and it's, it's incredible. Wow. I get to be a part of watching God do this in your life. And he wants us to be in relationship with him. They would ask for all sorts of things, my kids. But what's really amazing when you pray is that you reveal what's in their heart. And so when we call on the Lord, when we seek him, God sees our heart. Second reason why you ask is that you say, am I ready to receive? You see, God answers your prayers in one of two ways. Either the first way is by diminishing the burden in your life. You're seeking God. You're, you're asking him, God, would you remove this burden in my life or increasing your strength? And so we usually pray and almost always, God, please diminish this burden. God, I don't want to deal with this thing anymore. Would you just remove it from my life? It's too much for me to handle. It's too much for me to bear. Please take it away. Have you ever had those prayers? Me, all the time. I don't want... Those who I love to suffer any longer. God, would you just answer these prayers? I, I don't want my marriage to struggle. I don't want my finances to struggle. I, I, I don't want to be single. Whatever the, the issue might be, whatever you're asking for, it's some version of this. God, I'm asking you to diminish the burden in my life. And what God often does is he increases your strength. 
The greatest example of this is, is the Apostle Paul. Uh, if you've ever wondered about something, someone who struggled with an unanswered prayer request, think about Paul. The New Testament talks about this. The Apostle Paul said it three different times in 2 Corinthians 12. I'm paraphrasing, but basically he says this. Three different times I asked the Lord to take away this thorn in my flesh. Now, we don't know what this thorn in his flesh really was. We, some think it was some sort of suffering like a skin disease or a sin struggle, but we don't really know. The whole point is that he asks, Lord, would you take it away? Now, when you look at the time spent on this, the Greek makes it clear it wasn't just three times, like, like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of that week. There are three seasons where he prays this prayer to the Lord. God, like, like maybe when he was in his 20s, God, would you just remove this from my life? And then again when he's in his 30s, Lord, I need you to just, just get rid of this thing. It's too much for me to bear. Would you just help me? And then maybe in his 40s, again, praise this prayer. And the answer is, my power will may, be made perfect in your weakness. Come on. Come on. Like, that, that's good. My power will be made perfect in your weakness. I don't know how about you, but I know I'm weak, and I could sure use God's power in my day. I could sure use his strength, and that is a prayer we need to pray. The answer is, I'm not diminishing your burden. I'm increasing your strength, the answer he gets from the Lord. So, so maybe the first thing we do is ask, and then we seek, and, and you seek, you'll find. So what do you seek? Maybe you first seek, first ask yourself, well, what do we normally seek? Well, you know, as humans, we love this whole, as children, we, we love the game hide-and-seek. Remember? You remember? I think a couple of weeks ago, my kids asked me, my small kids asked, hey, can we play hide-and-seek? I'm like, is that still a game? Is that a thing we do? We still do that? Yeah. Why is it so much fun, the hide-and-seek thing? I don't know. We love to, like, the hidden treasures and pirates going to look for the hidden treasures, right? And we're looking, we love to seek and, and find things that are lost, don't we? It's just part of like our, our nature. We love it. We're built for this. I love to, to look for, for things like this. Well, what do you seek? We seek for things that are valuable and things that are lost. So what do we seek in prayer? We seek God. And the concern I have in the church right now is that we have over-intellectualized our faith. And we've forgotten that it's about pursuing and seeking God. It is that simple, folks. We have over-intellectualized it. We have overthunk it. It's not even a word. We've thought about this so much. You know, we know our, our culture is huge on growth. I mean, we just added a page to our website called Grow. We believe in growth. We believe in, in making sure that you have resources and tools, podcasts and, and, and books to read and, and things to, to soak up so that you become more aware and, and you grow in your faith and your understanding of, in knowledge and wisdom. 
But for some of us, man, we just, we, yeah, I know there's an issue in, in my life and my marriage, and I know I've got resources to help me, but if you ask me to, to do anything about it, nah, I'm not going to do anything. I've got all the resources, I've got all the, all the information I need to make some changes, but I'm just, are you seeking and experiencing the Lord? What do you seek in prayer? Well, we seek God. We seek his will for our lives. And how do we find his will? Through scripture, through the word of God. So when you're praying for something, you're, you're, you're you know, going through the scriptures, you're seeking the word of God. Maybe you're looking for the will of God in your relationship. Is, is what you're reading in, your, in the word informing your prayers? That's why Jesus tells us to pray according to the will of God. So you're seeking God, and after you seek God, you seek his scripture for, your will, for his will, and then you seek for that which you are praying for. Maybe you're praying for a job, so what do you do? You seek God. You're working on your resume. You seek God. You, you call on him. You're praying for a job, and then you're dressing for the part. Ask, seek, and the third is Knock. And this is not a gentle, polite knock that we think about when we read this. Charles Spurgeon said, When you think of the word knock, think of being a lonely traveler in a snowstorm and you're freezing cold. And off in the distance, you see a house with a light on it, but it's the only house for miles and miles all around you. How are you going to knock on that door? You're going to knock on that door as loud as you can because you need an answer. You need a resolve. You need to find out what is waiting for you at the other side. That's the idea about being a passionate, persistent pursuit of God. That's the kind of knock that we need to have. So let me ask you today. What have you stopped praying about? Maybe you're just tired about praying about over the same thing over and over again. You're tired of praying for the prodigal, for the lost son or the lost daughter. I mean, you know it's the right thing to do, but you're just weary. And you've stopped praying. We stop praying about that relationship that, that you, you want God to reconcile, but you're just, you can't do it anymore. We stop praying for those sin struggles in our lives but it's heavy. There's no way I can do this. Sometimes we just stop praying, God, how, how do you want to use me? How do you want to use me in the life of other people? So he's saying, ask, seek, and knock, and it'll be given. And you'll find, and the door will be open to you. So let's take a look at verse 9 real quick here. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Catch that last line. He will give good gifts. He will give good gifts. In other words, I should be praying and I should be expecting and anticipating God to give good gifts. Is there an amen in the room for that one? You know, it's kind of like the anticipation of, of Christmas, you know, the Christmas Eve. And, oh, man, I'm so excited about the gifts that are about to come. And it's getting really, really exciting. And, and then there's something better coming. The anticipation of the gift to come. Have you met people who, who pray often? 
Have you met people who know how to pray? And they pray and they pray. They are some of the most interesting people I have met. There's always something happening in their life. Why is that? Well, I think it's basically because they're asking and they're expecting more than any of us on a continual basis. It says, God will give you good gifts. What are the good gifts that God's given out? Well, we always think about felt needs, temporal needs, the, the physical needs. And some of us would say, okay, that's, that's great, but I just, I don't get it. I've been praying for a, for a girlfriend, and this guy doesn't even pray, and he gets all the girls. I want us to focus on something just for a few minutes. I want you to get this. There are certain good gifts that only come to us from God through prayer. It's not your career, it's not your spouse, not a good grade on your exam. Let me help you see this. Jesus says, will God not give good gifts to those who ask him? And then he says, will God, give not, will God not give us the Holy Spirit? The best gifts that come to us only through prayer are salvation. Salvation is this incredible gift that only comes as you pray. As you seek God, as you, as you look to him to give you this life gift of salvation, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus died and he rose from the grave and you confess with your lips, you will be saved. So the only way a person becomes a Christian is to pray. How about ongoing forgiveness in your life? It only comes through prayer. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful to forgive our sins. Isn't that good news? Forgiveness comes through prayer. Maybe you're looking for wisdom today. Well, that's James chapter 1. If you pray for wisdom, God will give it. How many of you are praying for wisdom? I'm praying for wisdom I'm praying for God's best in my life. I'm praying that God would use forgiveness and just spread it all over me, man. I am praying about the fruit of the Spirit. So many of our prayers are about, are about comfort instead of conformity to Christ. You know, it's just, God, protect me, keep me safe. Rather than, God, make me more like Jesus. This is the heart of God. Ask, seek, knock for these good gifts. It's not that I ask for a bread and he gives me stone. Or it's usually I ask for a stone and he gives me bread instead. And I'm confused. Then he ends up here in verse 12. And I want you to see this. Which is commonly referred to as the golden rule. So in everything, verse 12 says this. Do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Now I want you to see this. What's so interesting here is that Jesus isn't the first one to say something like this. The idea of doing something to others and have it relating to, to how you're, you are is very old. But here's what's interesting. Jesus is the first person to put it into the positive. I want you to see this. There's a famous story of a, of a rabbi, Rabbi Halal. He was born way before Jesus 
And the rabbi, who's very old and very well-known, as the story goes, he was asked to stand on one leg and summarize the entire law. Summarize the whole Old Testament. Good luck. Can't even do that for like 30 seconds. So he stands on one leg, leg and he and summarizes the entire Torah in one sentence. And he says, do not do to others that which you hate. I mean, good. Caught on, became very popular. Do not do to others that which you hate. It's very tweetable. But if you think about it, it's a very limiting principle. It's good, but basically tells you what not to do, not what you should do. Jesus comes, and he expands this, and he enhances it by modeling his love for us. How? Let me show you this real quickly in John 13, 13, 34, and 35. He says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. Jesus doesn't just say love one another like you want to be loved. He goes on further to say love one another just as I have loved you. That's how you are to do it. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love, for one another. I love this. Jesus puts himself at the center of the passage. We're asked to ask, seek, and knock. And what's so cool about this is that anything Jesus has asked of us, he's already done it. When Jesus came to earth, people said, why are you here? Jesus said, the Son of Man came, and whenever he referred to Son of Man, he was referring to himself. He said, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Not only does he seek us way before we could ever seek him, he also says, I stand in the door and I knock. Isn't that amazing? So before you even knock, before you even ask anything, we need to understand that Jesus initiates this relationship with us. Man, that's powerful. Let that sink into your heart today. He is knocking at the door. Another illustration Jesus uses, he says in 1 John, in John 10, hey everyone, I am the door. I seek, yeah, yeah, I do that. I knock and I'm also the door and anybody who will open that door, guess what? I will be there. I will come with them and I will eat with them. For some of you today, before you do any asking, seeking, knocking, the Bible says anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So I want to invite you all across this room to just pray with me in just a minute, maybe to receive salvation, the gift that God wants to give you for the very first time. It's the only way you can get it is by praying. It's an absolutely free gift that he wants to give to you today. And for those of you who have made Jesus the center of your life, are you willing to ask, seek, and knock on behalf of those that you love 
and that are far from Christ. All across this room, would you just bow your heads in prayer today? God, we just come before you. And I pray for the individual that's calling on the name of Jesus, maybe for the first time, that is asking you to come in, to transform them from the inside out. God, I pray that as we come to you, as we ask for forgiveness, we ask that you would make us new. We thank you for what you've done on the cross, Jesus, that you died and you rose again and you broke sin off our lives. You connected us to you and so we receive you today. Salvation for those who would call on your name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.